and welcome to Serrated Edge. Today my sister is going to be reading Fortunately the Milk by Neil Gaiman. Enjoy. We were floating above a landscape of ominous towers and disquieting castles. Disquieting castles. It was not a friendly place. Bats flew across the sky in huge flocks, crowding out the wanting moon. I don't like this place, I told the professor. I don't see why not, he said. It looked as if it would be very nice when the sun comes out. There was a loud flut, and where the bats had been fluttering, several pallid people people were now standing the man in front had a very bald head they all had sharp teeth we are one fire they said what is this who are you answer us or we will, or we will wish, wish, I am Professor Stead, boomed the Stegosaurus. This is my assistant. We're on an important mission. I'm trying to get back to the present. My assignment is trying to get home to the future for breakfast. At the word breakfast, the vampires was very excited. We have not had our breakfast, they told us. We normally have wiggly rooms with orange juice on them. Orange juice makes the worms even wigglier, like wandering spaghetti. Like wandering spaghetti. If we cannot eat worms, we will eat assistant or even Earth professor. One of the vampires took out a fork and looked me up and down in a hungry sort of way. The baldest, most bulging eyed radius of the vampire said, what is in this box? It is. What is this box? It is my finest invention. We get Professor Stag proudly, but I interrupted. It is to keep sandwiches in. I said. Sandwiches? Said the vampire. Sandwiches. I said with as much certainty as I can muster. We thought it was a time machine, said the head vampire with a sly sharp smile, and we could have used it to invade the world. Definitely sandwiches, I told What What happens if I press this button? Asked the lady vampire. She held her long black hair that covered most of her face <coughs> and peered out. But the world was one suspicious eye. She pressed the button. 
We went forward six hours of time. See, said the professor. Happily, all the space needs to brighten it up is a little bit of sunshine. The other vampire said, What? and dissolved into a cloud of oily black smoke. So did the shreds, yes, I said. What is it ice place here after all? In the table. But professor, but the per, the professor tinkered with the jewels and the string in the buttons. Then he said, I think I've got it properly fine-tuned. Now, this next pass should bring you back to your own time, place, and breakfast. But before the tip of his tail could touch the button, a voice said, I'll explain later, fate. I'll explain later. Fate of the world is at stake. A hand grabbed, and the milk, which I had carried safely for so long, was gone. I turned in time to catch a glimpse of a fine-looking gentleman with his back to me, holding my milk, and the hole in space through which he, he had reached was closed. My milk. He said he's, he'd explain later, said the professor. I'll, I'd be inclined to believe him. The hole in space opened again. A boy shouted, catch, and the milk came rocketing through. Fortunately, the milk struck, struck me in the stomach. And clutching my hands to my belly, I caught the milk. Here, said the professor. Everything is back to normal. He did say he'd explain later, I pointed out. And that wasn't much of an explanation. But it's not later yet, said Professor still. Now, it won't be later until later. He was arranging pebbles and stones and string on the top of the time machine box. Final condonance entered, he said, and then it's off to your house. For breakfast. Does that mean there's a stegosaurus and a hot air balloon outside? Asked my dad. There's not, he said, for reasons that will come become apparent. I think that there should have been some nice vampires. And my sister was really nice, handsome, misunderstood vampires. They were not. There were not in my father. Would you like to press the button? Said Professor Stegg. I pressed the red button. There was an ear-popping noise and a flicker of ears and I was floating in a balloon basket above the intersection of Marshall Road and Fletcher Lane. I could see our house from above. I could tell the bicycles in the back, I could see the bicycles in the garden. <laughs> the bicycles in the garden. I could see the rabbit hutch. We're here, I said, and I patted Professor Stegg on the back of its plates. That was very nice having you as a traveling campaign. Yeah, arg said the professor, <coughs> because there was a familiar so, sort of thumb, thumb noise. And before I had a chance to press the red button, we were disappointed, balloon and all. And the enormous metal deck of a flying saucer 
with a number of very grumpy green grumpy looking green globby peepers people staring at us with too many eyes. Ha ha said a sev- had several several globby people at the same time. You thought you had escaped us and you were wrong. Now you must sign the planet over to the us so that we can remodel it. We will take out all the trees for a start and put in plastic flamingos. Why? Why? We like plastic flamingos. We think they are the highest and finest art from Earth that has achieved. They are tidier than trees. Also, we are going to replace the cloud with scented candles. We like scented candles too, explained a huge green globby person who looked like he was mostly made of snot. We also like decorated plates, said another. We will put in decorative plate up where the moon is now. A really big decorative plate showing landmarks of the world. And we will then replace all the landmarks of the world with decorated plates with pictures of landmarks on them too. So the Eiffel Tower will be replaced with a large plate of the picture of the with a picture of the Eiffel Tower on it. And Australia will be replaced by a really seriously big plate with Australia on it. Also, we will replace all of your mountains with throw cushions, said the smallest globbiest thing of all. Let's try and finish glutinous voice. We have learned a lot from our previous meeting, said some of sticking to the wall. If you look over there, you will see that door to the space-time conium you used to escape through the last time is now securely locked. It was definitely locked. It had a huge padlock on it and a sign saying, Keep out. On it, an unfriendly, on it, an unfriendly red letters. There was also chains around it. A tape that said do not cross and handwritten in a handwritten notice that said for your convenience please use another door. Escape was impossible. Also we have depowered your time machine. I looked at the professor, his armored black flaps were dropping and his tail was well not actually between his legs because stegosauruses aren't made that way, but if they were, it would have been. We have been tracking your movements through time and space, said a large lobby alien in front of a console with a screen on it. Now see what happens when I press this grundle for, said a particularly drippier alien. It was half sticking to the wall, but to a large black shiny button. 
It's called a button. I said, "Nonsense! We named it after our broad aunt, Nancy Grundeldorfer," said the globular. Aliens, the a particular the particular derpy alien pressed the black button on the metal wall with something that might have been a finger and might just have been a long strand of straw. There was a crackle and there was a fizz. Standing around us in attitudes of anger and irritation were several pirates. Some were black haired people from the jungle. A very unhappy looking volcano god. A large bowl filled with piranhas and some vampires. I'm not sure that I understand what the piranhas are doing," said my sister. They were from a narrow escape earlier that I forgot to mention," said our father. Fortunately, the look floated at a circle of moment, and all ended for the best. I thought I'm crucial. I thought it. Mate, I said. Okay, that is the end for this episode. This episode was written and produced by Gavin Snyder. It was narrated by Zoe Snyder. If you would like to support Serrated Edge, please subscribe on app uh, wherever you listen. Uh, tell a friend about us. Make a poster or send in a recording so we can re- uh, use it on a future episode. Sorry, I'm talking fast. I'm just bored of saying this stuff over and over every day. But hey, sorry that we didn't do the podcast for the past two days. Uh, we forgot. <laughs> Honestly. Oh well. Bye. See you tomorrow.